Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Are you ready for Turkey Day? No, but I am ready for Transgender Day of Remembrance. Oh, well, speaking of turkeys, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Yesterday, right, all the, all the stuff happening in the world, uh, we have a war in Israel. New holiday. Yeah, yeah. Karine Jean-Pierre stepped to the microphone yesterday in all of her eloquence said this. Today, on Transgender Day of Remembrance, we grieve the 26 transgender Americans who were killed this year. Year after year, we see that these victims are disproportionately black women and women of color. No one should face violence, live in fear, or be discriminated against simply for being themselves. I mean, this lady is just uh, really, uh, she's... She's one shy, one load shy of a truckload. I mean, she's just absolutely on another planet. Transgender Day of Remembrance, there is no such thing. At least uh, everything that I looked, there is no special day, Transgender Day well, of Remembrance. Well, let me ask you, do you get holiday pay, and is it going to be a federal holiday, or is it just a dress-up day? It's probably just a dress-up dress day. Uh, I, I just, you know, she makes it sound, you know, they, nobody should be dis- disproportionately uh, picked on because they're trans. I don't know that they are. I mean, all of a sudden she steps to the microphone. We have got, we've got soldiers who are standing in dangerous places right now. We have uh, guys who are floating in a boat off the shore of a Middle East war. At any moment, they could be called in, but no, she doesn't salute them. She doesn't salute the uh, the victims of the attack in God, in uh, Israel on October 7th. No, she steps to the microphone, and she makes up a day. She makes up a party, day. But the party is going to step forward, rescue her, make it a holiday. There will be a proclamation, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there going, and, and Buttigieg will probably give her an award for doing that. Now, you, you know, know I'm, you and said, why he would, I don't know. You said something before we started the show, which I thought she would have done now. I would have, instead of talking about Transgender Day of Remembrance, you would have thought she would have stepped to the microphone and Take a moment to salute uh, Rosalind Carter, who uh, yeah, passed well, away. We, I meant I forgot to mention that yesterday, and I was going, "Oh, damn it!" You know, yeah. Uh, regardless of Jimmy Carter and how he felt about his politics, you know, I mean, if there was ever a love story, there it is. You know, yeah. and he, he, his fight to stay alive and be the oldest living president ever, ever, was so that he wouldn't leave his sweetheart behind. What's interesting, every, everyone was looking at Jimmy like he was going to go any minute. And uh, Rosalind just kept looking like uh, she was fit as a fiddle. Then last week, all of a sudden, she uh, went into hospice. And that was a bad signal. And hey, death waits for no one. When it's your yeah. time, it's your time. There's nothing you can do. And that's all there is to it. And I'm not trying to be morbid here, but, you know. No, I know. Um, you know, I mean, you know. It, Rest in peace to her. And, you know, Jimmy, I would tend to say that, uh, you know, she was all he had to live for, mm. you know, and that's it. So, you yeah, know, he's, he's you probably going to join her soon. Yeah, it, that's usually how it works when there's a love story like that and they're connected for so long. Usually when one goes, uh, the other goes 
quite quickly, you know. Uh, that's just the way it is. As a matter of fact, I was reading about a a couple. This is, this happened, I'm trying to think where it was, but uh, maybe they were people that I knew. But the, the mother died, and an hour later the father died, or vice versa. You know, they had been married for like 50-some years, and, and when one went, the other went. You know, the reason for living, I guess, wasn't there anymore, and, and that was it. So um, anyway, our condolences. No, as far as Jimmy Carter's presidency, I thought it was terrible. I thought he was uh, destructive and bad for the country. But, you know, I think that the difference between Jimmy Carter's failed presidency and some that we see now is I don't think that he meant it to be bad. I think No, some... I think he had good good intention. Look, yeah. he came into the race as a dark horse. Nobody knew who he was. Nope. And uh, but he came at a time when the change that he brought to the table seemed like a good thing. And it <laughs> it wasn't. Wow. He uh, he just it was one bad thing after the other. The, do you remember when he was when he was sworn in? On inauguration day, the big thing was that he and Rosalind got out of the limo and walked to, uh, I guess they walked to the White House after they yeah. had been sworn in, which was, you know, it was great. It was a cold day. I remember seeing them all dressed up and waving at the crowds. I was a much younger person at the time, but uh, it was like his presidency, the high point was his inauguration, and everything after that was downhill. That's why... When Reagan got in, it was a breath of fresh air as far as yeah. presidency and policy and respect around the world. Totally different. Well, yeah, but he, he dotted the I's and uh, crossed the T's, punctuated everything for Reagan. When uh, the rescue attempt was a big botch failure uh, with the the helicopter fiasco, and you oh, know, yeah. that got back to... Uh, you know, Reagan saying, yeah, we've got to rebuild our military, you know, get new hardware. You know what it. Reagan did, which was nice? Um, and I, Reagan got into office, and he was sworn in, and they, I guess, were bringing those 44 hostages back from mm. Tehran, from the embassy in Tehran. And it, uh, because Carter was so involved, he wanted so much to bring them home in his presidency, uh, he allowed, I guess, Carter to greet and welcome those 44 home as if he was mm -hmm. still president, even though he wasn't. But Reagan was a decent guy. You know, Reagan was a good president. And uh, he could have very easily have said, hey, look, at your time is come and gone there, Jimmy. I'll take care of this. Uh, but he didn't. He stood aside and he let uh, President Carter welcome them back. To the US. So what you're saying is he could have pulled a Biden, take credit for something he didn't do. Absolutely. But he gave, yeah, he gave him credit because he was working to get him home. So I'll give him that too. I'm wasn't a Carter, uh, you know, supporter or promoter or anything. Well, you know, what? for yeah. me as a person, but, the Carter presidency, I may have voted for Carter in '76 as a young man, but those four years were, they were pivotal in my political thinking. I mean, I. I went from, like I said, voting for Carter in 76 to being a staunch Reagan supporter in 80. Of course, I was older and I was paying taxes and I was paying for gasoline and all those things. And you realize, holy smokes, the the leader really does have an effect on all those things. And uh, so I, I think the first 
the first Republican president I voted for was Ronald Reagan. The guy was uh, a giant. And then in 84, do you remember what happened in 84? He won every, it was a, he almost did the whole table. He, I think he right. lost in Minnesota, which was the home state of, um, what's his face, his opponent. And uh, I can't think of his name. Isn't it awful? The, 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 the guy who was the Mondale. Mondale. Thank you very much. See, what a team we are. What a team. When one, one of us well, misses something. I had something. to picture a guy riding in a tank. That's all I had. <laughs> no, that was Dukakis. That, well, was, that was Dukakis. Dukakis yeah. <laughs> Damn, we are a team. Yeah. Yes, yes, we, we really are. Dukakis, yeah, okay. Dukakis. Oh, God, that was someone who said, hey, yeah, yeah, Michael, that's a good idea. Why don't you get in that tank and put on those monkey ear helmets, you know, and, and wear well, them for a close-up. You'll look like Rudy Kazuti. In, in that tank. <laughs> you know, uh, somebody that uh, just, you know, the optics are everything. Yeah. And I think Lindell made a big mistake on the um, on the, uh, on the the war room with uh, Steve Bannon. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, he was talking about the judge ruling down in Georgia saying that that was not an insurrection, blah, blah, this and blah, blah, right. that. So he, uh, he took a hat, you know, uh, like a, a Greek fisherman's hat. And covered it in tinfoil. He wore that onto the set, like Lindell said. I mean, uh, Bannon's sitting there looking at him like, hmm. You know, somebody's uh, got to tell some of these guys, uh, you know, pictures live forever. Yeah. And you may, you may think it's a funny bit, and it may be a funny bit to do on television, but your opponent is going to screen grab oh, yeah. one image uh, of you with that yeah. Rudy, of that tinfoil helmet hat on. And you'll live with he it goes, forever. Yeah, because then when he talks about it, he goes, now I can take my uh, my tinfoil hat off, you know, because it's no longer a conspiracy. I've been vindicated. Uh, well, no, you just you just sank your ship. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Mike, you're a good guy. And, but your uh, credibility sports- was damaged immensely by yeah, wearing that. Uh, try, trying to make light of it, you just dug a hole that they're going to say, hmm, that's a nice hole he started there for us well, today. Well, Mike Lindell, he can't run for president now because they'll use that clip. Do you want this man to be your president? Oh, yeah. You will you won't get the setup. You won't get the punchline. You'll <laughs> just get the, the guy. The hook. The, the, <laughs> yeah. So if you see that, there is a story. It's a positive story, but you won't hear it from the media. Yeah, it's true. Hey, um, you know, Trump was out in Iowa over the weekend. And, uh, you know, he had some good comments. We got a couple of them here. The first cut right. I want you to hear, Bill, it, the audio isn't great. Uh, it, there's some reverb on it, and there's also some what they call in the business. I don't want to get too deep in the woods, friends. There's a process in audio called the gate. What it does is... Oh, noise gate. Yeah. Noise gate. So when someone's talking, between their audio, between, bre- you know, as they're taking a breath... The, the computer automatically pulls the volume down to zero. It's annoying to listen to. You'll hear it on this. But I want you to hear this cut. I don't know why they did it this way. But I want you to hear this cut because it's interesting. This is President Trump over the weekend. My former life, I was an insider as much as anybody else. And I knew what it's like. And I still know what it's like. To be an insider. It's not bad. Not bad. Now I'm being punished for leaving the special club and revealing to you the terrible things 
that are going on having to do with our country. Because I used to be part of the club, I'm the only one that can fix it. I'm doing this for the people and for the movement, and we will take back this country for you, and we will make America great again. I just wanted you to hear that. It's it's not the greatest audio, but it's really uh, it's interesting in that he said he used to be part of that club. You know the mm-hmm. the special uh, almost almost the deep state. It's not the deep state, but the the people who run in powerful circles that we never see, you and I right. never see. You know, and he said he used to do that, but uh, now he's out of it, and now he's trying to expose it, and they don't like it. The other side. Well, they don't want to be exposed because that's the real government. And, um, you know, whether he's going to pull it off, I don't know. You know, I look at the uh, that Colorado judge thinking back over that who sat there and said, yeah. yeah. You know, her ruling was very interesting because she goes, well, there was an insurrection and yeah. this and that. But there's nothing. See, what they're doing, I think, is stair-stepping and softening you and me to accept it when they finally knock it down in one of the states, because there will be another one and another one and another one. And what they've done is said, yeah, there was an insurrection, and now they're go- they're even saying, no, Trump-, Trump was guilty of this, but there's nothing specific about Article 314 that pinpoints the president. So they've taken steps one and two, now they've got to sit there and circle around and come back and put three in, and they're wearing you down to change the Cash sculpt. Pa- Cash Patel reality. was on uh, Steve Bannon's program on Friday, mm-hmm. or I guess maybe maybe it was Saturday, but I think they were talking about Judge Wallace in Colorado. Uh, you mm-hmm. got to listen to this. The January 6th truth has finally entered the American bloodstream writ large. Coupled with Mike Johnson's releasing of the January 6th tapes, this judge's written order will show their lies that they have been stacking up in the media for years against the January 6th, not only defendants, but also what President Trump did in the days leading up to January 6th. And this judge had a problem finding the evidence that I gave under oath. So Selective inclusion of evidence is unconstitutional. This judge, a government gangster wearing a black robe, I call her the female version of Adam Schiff. Mrs. Schiff goes to Washington, just released her memo so that she could be lauded by the government grundoons and the radical left-wing media. She set up the disinformation campaign on the narrative that Donald Trump committed a quote-unquote insurrection, even though special counsel Jack Smith has refused to charge Donald Trump with the crime of insurrection. This judge went further than Jack Smith was even to go about with her lies. And look, it's not about me. It's about getting the truth out on January 6th. And why does she go out of her way to talk about my testimony? By the way, Steve, we also sent you the video compilation of my testimony from the Colorado courtroom. Let's blast that out to the posse. And for those not listening, 
And the War Room Posse, this is your call to America, call to action. It's our job to get the January 6th truth out there. Do you want to know the one place to get it out there? I am holding up my copy of Government Gangsters. Do you know what Chapter 18 is in charge, entitled? The Insurrection That Never Was. Do you want the whole truth about January 6th in one place? It's right here. Do you know what's in the back of this book? The Capitol Police timeline, the DOD timeline, Mayor Bowser's letter where she declined the National Guard authorization from President Trump. Why do you think Joe Biden didn't want this book out for 10 months? Why do you think this judge selectively excluded those timelines given by the DOD, the DOJ, the Capitol Police, Bowser and Pelosi themselves, their own written words, undo this judge's entire order? They don't yeah. want the truth on January 6th, and I gave it to you guys in one place. Blastoutgovernmentgangsters.com right now. Okay. Everybody at the Thanksgiving table should be spilling gravy on government gangsters and then slopping it up well, because that's where the truth I, lies. I, it's a promotion for his book, essentially, but what he said is true. This judge out in Colorado, she just couldn't, she couldn't let him off completely. Yeah, legally, he has to be on the ballot because legally— they had nothing to, to not keep him on the ballot. You know what I mean? Legally, he was required to be on the ballot because he did nothing wrong. But, you know, she had to drop in this, Wallace had to drop in her two cents about the fact that she believed that Trump had been part of or led an insurrection, which there is absolutely no proof. As a matter of fact, Bill, uh, there's a lot of stories coming out now about the 40,000 hours. It's amazing how people are jumping into that video. I mean, it, it's been out for about two days, and people around the country have downloaded it, and thousands of people are, are combing it. And they're finding, uh, I don't know whether you've seen this or not, the Capitol Police were firing rubber bullets and gas canisters on an innocent crowd of people who hadn't even come up the steps. They were, they were waiting patiently like good citizens uh, on the lawn. They had a permit, you know, to be there. They had a permit to be there. They weren't racing up uh, unexpectedly to the Capitol. They had a permit to be there. They were there. The Capitol Police instigated the violence. The Capitol Police, there was one guy who was throwing canister after canister of tear gas into the crowd. I mean, these guys, flashbangs, you know what those are? Those are those, uh, those uh, canisters that, that when you throw them, they make a bright flash and a loud bang, and, and you are blinded and you're deaf. Uh, I think your mic is off, Bill, but uh, uh, because you're being awfully quiet, and I see your lips No, moving. no. Oh, I <laughs> yeah, I had the mute on from the, uh, for that audio. Yeah, the old mute button, I could tell. But uh, either that or you were just talking to yourself. Um, well, but, I do that too. Yes, but you know, the thing is, they are, uh, th they are desperately trying to explain away the obvious fact that it was the Capitol Police that instigated. Somebody must have told the Capitol Police to get them to raise hell. You know, for, mm -hmm. the only, the only per people who died were... The four, were four Trump supporters. They made it sound, do you remember, during the January 6th committee uh, hearings that five Capitol Police died? Oh, five Capitol... That's not the case. The only people who died... What would you died, call it? 
What would you call it if uh, a policeman, let's say an average woman, you know, beat her 30 times with fist and sticks in the face? I'd call it 10 days in jail. No, I'm just kidding. That's what happened, you know, Bill. Ten days in uh, in prison, and then I think uh, what ninety days or a hundred days of uh, house arrest, and a special just for her fee of one hundred bucks and a two thousand uh, dollar fine of restitution. I would tend to say, well, a she didn't do anything; she just happened to be in the crowd. But let's say you know, yeah. okay, she's guilty because they called it an insurrection, and it's not. They've changed the definition of what an insurrection is, but. That doesn't justify, you know, we're, we're mad about Hamas killing babies and, and stuff like that, yet our own police sit there and take billy clubs to a woman's face oh. and fist to a face 30 times, and then, you know, to add insult to injury and say, well, there's no, there, there, there was no suffering here. I mean, look at the time and energy I took to beat the hell out of your face. So awful. that's, awful. Uh, that's you know, 10 there's days video of jail. And, huh? yeah. there's, there's video of that, Bill. Yeah, uh, those guys not only should lose their badge, should go because to jail. that is that. Yeah, well, yeah, because that's that's brutality, and uh, so you know, don't sit there and claim all goody two shoe and all this and that and right and you're self righteous because you're not. We know about Ashley Babbitt dying. There was mm-hmm. another lady who was pummeled by the uh, police in the tunnel. I think her name was Borland. I, I could yeah. be wrong. I, I, if I got the name wrong, I apologize. She was beat up by the police, and she died, but they don't talk about her. And then there was two guys who had heart attacks in the crowd. One of the guys, you can see him on video, uh, those those flashbangs are ha- landing right in front of him. He died of heart. They both died of heart attacks that day. So, you know, you don't hear about this, and we're, we're being told that the victims well, are the murder. Capitol Police— but the fact is, the people—the only people who really died as a result of this this uh, incident—were four Trump supporters. And, and, well, uh, if there's any smart candidate out there, including Trump, you know, you take that footage and you make sure it's vetted well, so that the left is, oh, yeah. that's fake, that's been doctor, which they're going to do anyway, and turn it into campaign, you know, commercials. And sitting there going, you want four more years of this? Do you really want this? Yeah. I don't think so. And show them the, the, the Gestapo techniques and how they got into the office and say, it's time for you to take it You know, down. I would, I, I would t- take every Capitol Police officer, the ones who were wa- – there was one guy. You see the one guy waving in the crowd into uh, uh-huh. the Capitol? He should lose his job. Those who stood – And the- benefits. Yep. Those who stood at the doors and stood aside while the crowd walked in, they should lose their... If they were required to protect the Capitol and their job was to stand and let people walk by him as they entered, you know, somebody like Pelosi or somebody had to say, we want violence. We want an insurrection. We want activity. We want this. Somebody had to approve it. These guys at the police level, they didn't make the decision themselves. Well, the, you know, the voice that rings in my ear, as you just said, that is, uh, is uh, Schumer. You know, when he sat there and did his little diatribe yelling about, 
you know, everything and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and presenting violence, you know, your day's coming and all that crap. He's probably, he was probably there. I would say Schumer was there. I would say but will Pelosi these guys was there. Bill, ever, will these guys ever face justice? No. Well, you know, I think they, I think they're worried, to be honest with you, that if Trump gets into the presidency, he will bring them to justice. This is the thing that, you know, when you hear Hillary talking about, well, if he gets into office, he's going to use it uh, for ven vendettas. And, you know, uh, they're already trying to set it up as if if Trump does something, it's not justified. You know, if. Well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, you got Hillary saying that. You know, and I go back to the Alien Gonzalez years, which was uh, yeah, when that. Clinton was in the White House. Janet Reno. Janet Reno. But, you know, all the, the you know, the all the Gestapo techniques were happening then. The only person the, of familiarity then that's around now is Hillary. And, you know, she was in the background calling shots. So, I don't know. Well, you know. She's not a. She's not what you think she is, especially if no. you were a supporter. M many people were hoodwinked by Hillary. Oh, the first woman. Oh, isn't that wonderful? They, listen, there are a lot of qualified women, a lot mm -hmm. of intelligent women who would be great presidents. She isn't one of them. You don't want her as president because she's not a honorable person. She no, has she's not. a whole. She has a whole litany of uh, history behind her. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, you've heard it mentioned before, Bill. I know uh, uh, that they they called the people who supported Clinton in Arizona, in Arkansas, rather the Arkansas Mafia. Right. Uh, they had, uh, you know, there. I hate to say this, but it's true. There's a whole list of uh, bodies of uh, people who were associated with the Clinton administrations along the way and the Clinton campaigns, people who have uh, been involved and for some strange, mysterious reason, they have uh, come to an untimely death. You know, the Vince Fosters of the world. Vince Foster, who was found in Fort Marcy Park in Washington, you know, yeah. uh, they found him with carpet fiber on him, I believe, and uh, as if he had been rolled up and dropped off there. And I don't believe there was any blood on the ground. There were hair follicles, but uh, that never really got investigated. Nope. Uh, so, you know, uh, she is not what she presents herself to be. She's not uh, uh, a terribly uh, honorable lady. Let me just leave it at that. I mean, you, you when, when Bill is uh, out cavorting with one of the neighbors in Chappaqua, you know, mm -hmm. you what's it? They have already the one of the neighbors uh, is. Nicknamed by the Secret Service as the Ever Ready Bunny, uh, yeah. who is always coming over to uh, to see Bill when Hillary leaves town. You've heard about that, yeah. right? And, yeah. and the Secret Service liked this lady because when she she comes over to see Bill, she brings baked goods for the Secret Service. So they've actually become her buddy, I guess, and they look so... forward to seeing her. It's kind of like you know you want to get you want to get past the guard dog, yeah. give them treats. You give them meat. Give them meat. Exactly. Give them treats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I guess Hillary must know about it. I mean, the whole world knows about 
uh, this, I don't think this she neighbor. cared because she got to she got to wear the pants and be what she wanted to be. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think she, she's more enthusiastic about being with her companion, Uma Abedin, than to uh, be with Bill. You know, and, yeah. and maybe maybe Bill had a reason for cavorting with other people because, you know, he was lonely. I I got news for you. That relationship was always an open relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, they, it goes back to them, her days at Yale. You yeah. know, uh, I mean, they were, I think they both were. Weren't they both at Yale? They, I think. I, I, think I really Yale. don't know much about Yeah, Yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar. And, yeah, I think they were. I think it was Yale. Or was it Harvard? I get it. I get him confused. Uh, Harvard, Yale. Uh, you know, Harvard, Yale. You know, they're all uh, Ivy League schools. Anyway, um, other things that are, uh, I have some other audio from Trump. Uh, when he was speaking in Iowa, uh, mm-hmm. he, had, uh, he had this to say. Listen. Our opponents are showing every day that they hate democracy. They're trying every illegal move they can to try and steal this election because they know that in a free and fair fight against President Trump and crooked Joe Biden, uh, Biden doesn't have a shot. He's going to be going down into his basement again. He's going to be hiding. <laughs> You know, he, he is a character, but he yeah. he's right. You know, Biden is, I guess, the latest NBC poll. And this is the first time in 12 separate polls that um, Trump is ahead of Biden in on an NBC poll, NBC hard And, poll. you know, let's take that one step further with the polls because, you know, they're saying the youth of America – they're going to be key, and guess who's winning that matchup now? Trump. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Biden with his uh, student debt forgiveness and this and that, you know, the young people are going, you know, this guy's a clown show. Oh. Uh, and they're going. Now, I will say uh, probably a third candidate that can come in there and just kind of be a moderate and uh, – you know, maybe say a few key things uh, and be younger, uh, the youth would go go hand over fist to them unless they did something really stupid. Because the things that uh, we might tend to, as the, the base voters care about, they don't care about. And that's all you know, they do. But, but what's interesting, Bill, did you see Trump over the weekend? He went to a, uh, what's it, mixed martial arts no, ultimate. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? The ultimate fighter. Though you know what I'm talking about. I'm not really a big the, follower. Uh, 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 MMA. MMA match at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And he walked in with Tucker Carlson, Kid Rock, and now this is Midtown Manhattan. Oh yeah, the okay. right wing Avengers. Came yeah. Walking in. Yeah. This is Midtown Manhattan, folks. This is a place that is. That is, it's in the sea well, of, sea of uh, left-leaning uh, new Democrats. He well, walked into Madison Square Garden, and the place went nuts. All right. Do you remember when he first introduced the uh, the cards, the trading cards? The, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and he did pictures where he was like a superhero. And the left yeah. mocked it and made fun of it. But see, you look at people that are... You know, 16 up to maybe 44. Yep. They grew up in the Marvel era with all the superheroes. And that's, you know, when people say we don't, you know, like the old song, we don't need another hero. Yeah. You're right. We don't. We just need Trump back. And he's portraying himself, you know, to 
all the different excellent genres point. out there. And that's where I was going to go, Bill, because I believe the difference between uh, an older Trump and an older Biden, right, is that Trump mm-hmm. Trump actually you don't think of him as far as age goes. You see him like you just said. You see Trump as almost a superhero. A superhero. And he's giving the people what they see and what they want. So yes, you know, and that's what that was. That is so. If you know, for Rogan to go, man, they came in and the crowd went nuts. Like yep. you know, a bunch of right wing adventures, adventures, and well, they didn't have you know capes and all that on, but they walked in and they matched the profile. That's true. With that confidence and the music, and it's like, yeah. You know, we're here to kick some ass. Yeah, and you know, folks, the audience, they responded. I'm not talking about a nice, polite applause. They cheered loudly for a considerable period of time. And, you know, in in a superhero um, storyline, you know, the hero comes in, the crowd loves him, and then all of a sudden he gets his ass whooped. And then, you know, from, you know, a hit from the back. And then it looks like he's down and out. But you know what? A real superhero gets up in in fictional world and comes back and fights and wins. Trump is kind of portraying that, whether it's, you know, planned or just the way it looks. But, and I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I'm not saying he's planning the hits. He knows he's going to take hits. Right. The fact is, is that he gets up and he keeps on going like the, uh, what is it, the Energizer Bunny? You know? it's, it's interesting, Bill. He he knew or a Timex watch. He knew about this uh, judge in Colorado. He knew the whole decision almost automatically, almost instantly. But mm-hmm. he chose to promote it as a big win for him, and it was mm-hmm. because she ruled that he can be on the ballot, and ultimately that's all they were fighting. She may have said, "Oh, he's a big bad boy." And he helped cause an insurrection. But that was her opinion. It meant nothing. Nothing. Yeah, but I think it was a softening of the American public going, well, yeah, maybe he is guilty. No, he's not guilty of it because if he's guilty of it, you're guilty of it. And I'm guilty of it. And just for showing up at a, at a, um, at a rally to, you know, to protest the election. And when I say, see, protest, that takes all these words that would be normal words yeah. and makes them the deflammatory the and, and everything. But we showed up at a peaceful rally, you know, to to voice our concern that the election was stolen. There, make that in, in you know an insurrection. They will. They will. I mean, they uh, were they, they were upset that uh, Trump had said, uh, what did he call him, vermin? Uh, it, what it, is it, wrong with vermin? Well, like. They are people who are in our government who are trying to bring our government to the to the its knees. He calls them vermin. The media was more concerned about him using the word vermin than the fact that he was trying to bring these people down. You know they they were more they would have they been happier vermin. they were more ha- they were happier if they were allowed to stay in their place and mess up our government. As long mm-hmm. as he didn't use bad words, you know it, it, these people are despicable. You know I don't know whether we're ever going to have an honest and fair media again. Yeah, you know, I think. Well, have we ever had a really honest and fair media? It's always, 
you know, been stacked, but I guess it was a little more reserved. Well, yeah, they had yellow press even back in the day of, of uh, Lincoln. In the day yeah. of Abraham Lincoln, they had uh, uh, a yellow journalism that uh, uh, they lied. They showed mm-hmm. uh, they showed uh, pictures that were doctored. They they were not a fair and honest media back then, and that they weren't a fair and honest media back in the days of the Revolutionary War. You know, some no. some of the papers were pro-Tory, some of them were pro-Revolution. The ones who were pro-Tory, you, you, if you read those papers, they talked about how great it would be if we stayed with England. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, the whole. I guess you're right. The landscape of the media has always been corrupted, and it still is. Now, I don't know whether we as a country, with all of the social media that we have right now, whether we can continue to exist with all of this, the constant lies. The thing about the other lies from centuries past is that it took longer for them to make it into the middle of our society. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody read the paper. Not everybody could read. So it took a, it took a while for the message to get out. Now you can lie. Now it'll be out there in an hour. Right. You know, uh, and uh, so I, I do think at some point an honest presidency has got to at least go after the blatant liars. The, because they've committed treason, seriously. Yeah. The ones who have lied for the sake of of uh, bringing our government to, to its knees, those those are acts of treason. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a an abuse of freedom of speech too, or an exaggeration of freedom of speech. Um, and I think freedom of speech is going to be clamped down on. I think I called you yesterday and said. Yeah, I was at a restaurant. Yeah. And I heard a song. I think it's called uh, Kid Kicks. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a song. It's an old song. It's very popular now. Obviously, play was playing in a, Denny's, as a matter of fact. So, but it's a, it's a song that its intent was anti-gun violence about kids that are bullied and going in and shooting up schools. Wow. But it's become an anthem of sorts and not for anti-gun violence. It is, you know, kids are listening to it, and they're they're going, oh, wow, that's the that's that's the answer, and that's the solution. So now you sit there, and it brings up that well, maybe we need to censor. But where, you know, if if you begin to censor, where do you stop, and where do you draw the line? Because you brought up Call of Duty, you love to play that game. Sure. When you started out, you know, you'd shoot somebody, and bang, they fell over dead. Like like if you used to watch Gunsmoke. You yeah, know, yeah. You know, Matt Dillon pulled out his gun. You know, son, you better drop your gun now. Yeah. And then the guy, you know, does a little flinch, reach for it. Yep. And Dylan pulled out his gun and bang! All you heard the the, you know, the sound right. effect, and the guy dropped down or he grabbed his chest, dropped down. That's all you saw. That's all you needed to see. But now, you know, you're going to see that blood splatter all over. Oh, the sure. Place. Graphic. And it goes beyond, yeah, it's very graphic going beyond reality. You know, I was watching a movie the other day, Bill, honest to God, and, and every other every other shot was graphic gore. And mm-hmm. I was reading the description of the, the director, and they talked about it in the review. Like, And, of course, his signature graphic gore scenes were also included in this film. And I'm thinking, signature graphic gore? 
Are you are you kidding? Uh, do you, Alfred Hitchcock was the scariest director we ever saw in the last hundred years, and I don't mm-hmm. think he ever sh- showed any blood at all. Even on in the movie Psycho, you saw blood on the knife, but you didn't you didn't see any stab wounds on the woman in uh, you no. know in the shower scene. No, I mean uh, maybe you didn't even see blood on the knife. Maybe you, you don't imagine have to. Blood I mean, you night. got the idea. Yeah, you know, the music and everything can do it. But, you know, we've gotten to everybody's got to take it one step further, one step further. It's yep. like a drug. And that's what I'm saying. You know, my, my whole point, this whole thing is that at some point in time, censorship, even though it's already creeped in, it's going to take bigger steps. And the reason that you got to worry about it is not so much of the. Well, that makes sense to to censor something like this. Somebody's going to take that as an opportunity to control. Good people may may encourage censorship because they want to limit acts of treason. But when the opposition gets in, they Mm -hmm. may take the same laws and the same rules and they may use them for nefarious reasons. Do you know what I'm saying? They may actually decide that, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll censor the guy because, uh, uh, I don't like him. I don't like his attitude and I don't like what he says about me. I mean, this is, yeah, you, it's a, it's a dilemma a free society has a free society who says, you know, freedom of speech. I guess, I guess Elon Musk is going through this right now. He's being attacked by the left, uh, in and he's suing. media matters. He's going after media, media matters. And uh, he's not happy, and it's not good when a guy with the resources that Musk has comes after you. Well, but they're well. You know what? There could be two things here, but uh, uh-huh. they're bringing their guns to bear on him, and they're going after him personally. Uh-huh. But you know, one thing that he could do: What's that? serve as a distraction, as other things either go to hell, yeah. or hell gets a makeover and gets fixed. Well, Does that make sense? Yeah, I think we get a lot of that. I do think we get a lot of distractions. A lot of things are happening. I mean, have you looked at the news cycle, folks? Really, Bill and I look at the news cycle every single day. Mm-hmm. And, and there are stories. Think about this. A week ago, we were talking about the war in Gaza, and it was top of the line. It was the most important story. The world was going to come to an end. We had fleets of uh, aircraft and carriers and sub- nuclear submarines off the coast of Gaza. All this stuff was happening. We were so sure that the world was going to fall apart. Now, where's the story now? Where, where is the story now? The war is still continuing in Gaza. There's still rockets being fired. There were a whole bunch yesterday fired. 41 were fired at Tel Aviv yesterday. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, we're not talking about it. We're talking about other things. The campaign, who's going to do what. I mean, it, it, it is amazing how we discard news stories. The gentleman in Argentina who just became their president, right. the conservative, it's a big worldwide story. His name is Millie or Millet, whatever. Millet. Uh, yeah. And this guy should be the topic of every single talk show in the country, in the world, because he flipped the government in a major South American country from liberal to conservative, like the snap of a finger. And 
the media has decided, well, we're not going to talk about that. Actually, I don't know that he did it so much as the people said we're fed up with what we got. And the media here, which is the right right hand of the left government here, right. they're not going to report that because that could happen here. And, you know, now I, I, I don't mean to take anything away from Trump because I think he's a great guy. But the point is, mm-hmm. you know, is it Trumpism that's winning or is it a combination of Trumpism and people are saying enough is enough? Well, and that's the real popularity that's a good because that's a good question. But think about this. If if Trump isn't running for the presidency right now, if he were to drop out right now, who is going to fill that void who is going to be the the guy who's going to make the world as enthusiastic about voting for a Republican as Trump? I mean, Trump ooh, literally. Ooh, ooh. Trump. Is, let him wipe the pow- powdered sugar off his mouth. He'll tell you. Oh no, I know, Chris Christie. Yeah, right. But you know, the Krispy thing is, Kreme. the thing is, the world is excited about that Marvel character you were talking about. That superhero yeah. who's going to come back in and save the day. Almost like when I was a kid, there was a theme song from Mighty Mouse. Here yeah. I come to save, to the, save day. the day. That da, is da, da. that should be Donald Trump's theme song, because that's literally what he he's setting himself up to be to come in and save the day. If we take him out of the equation, God forbid if anything were to happen to him. And believe me, I, I was listening to a talk show yesterday, and the guy was worried because he he the guy was convinced that the other side is going to do everything they can, including that. And I don't even want to say what that is. You know what I'm talking about. They're going to do everything they can to to bring him out of the game, you know, to, to take him away from well, the Well, there's two things that they're, they're, there's two things on their, their hit list. And one of them is going to uh, be lock him up. And they want it because they want to tie his hands during the, and it's becoming blatantly obvious and if you don't see that, you're you either don't want to see it, or you're blind. And but, I'd go get but my you know, ass even checked. if they put him in jail right now, Bill, he's still going to win. He's going to win. It'll he'll win bigger. He'll well, be let me tell a, you this. a martyr. Okay, let's just say the worst case scenario: they take him out, they take a hit on him, and he's gone on sad because he would have won this election. Yeah, I'll tell you what the people are going to do: vote They're for Donald vote Trump for, Jr. No, they'll vote for him anyway. You mean if they if he were to be taken out physically forever? Yep. Uh, I, I think because yeah yeah I don't know whether the, I don't know whether I don't know whether a, somebody who isn't with us uh, can actually win. You know, well they um, can't win, but what they could do is write the name in in pro, in protest in uh, protest because that would okay. Let's just say well, let's say for a minute you have that. And let's just say that 70% of the American population writes in a candidate they couldn't win because they're no longer on on this planet. You know, would that not, even though, you know, the Democrat well, or whoever goes, well, I want it, you know. Nobody's, no, you didn't. Nobody says this, Bill, but, but I think it. <laughs> you know, apples don't fall far from the tree. And he's got two sons and a daughter, but he's got yeah. two, two sons who are like-minded in just about everything, Eric and Don. And and if anything would happen to the father, I would think that one of those two sons would be the younger version who would step right into the arena mm-hmm. for their dad. They yeah. think the same way. 
And, you know, you get somebody like Donald Trump Jr. out there, he is the same kind of huff and puff. He knows how his dad worked. I think he would be uh, a, a, a difficult guy to beat. You know, he would be picking up the baton of his father. I do think that they are, the left is in uh, a situation that they can't, they can't figure out. The only way you can, even if you were to take this guy and you were to, you know, do the worst thing to him, it uh, doesn't mean that his, his movement isn't going to continue on. Well, I love how the left likes to paint Trump, too, as, you know, they're trying to paint the military thing on him. Well, you know, he, he, he got out of the, uh, the draft from a spur in his foot. They don't say about Joe. Joe didn't. Uh, Joe dodged it. Uh, dodged uh, Vietnam, Vietnam War, War too. Yeah, yeah, he did. And but then they. But see what they do is they. You know, but he had a son that served in Iraq. Uh, he was in Iraq for one year as a military lawyer. Yeah, he was a jag and officer. A, yeah, he was a jag officer. It means you know that when when tough things happen, he got the jag out of there. Yeah. Uh, he was there for one year, and he wasn't even a real. Soldier, well, I, I don't want to say this this way, but he was in the National Guard, but he got deployed. And a lot of guys in the National out. Guard, though, seriously, they end up fighting in the front lines nowadays. There was a time yeah, they do. There was a time back in the fifties and sixties where, if you were in the National Guard, uh, you yeah. spent most of your time doing weekends at the armory. But uh, boy, in the last twenty-five years, uh, units have been called out to combat. Time and time and time again. Uh, so yeah, but I'm just saying his duty, and I'm not belittling it. And I understand, you know, he's no longer with us. I know that Joe brought up, well, you know, the burn pits and all of that, and he was exposed to it. I don't think that had anything to do with his son's death, and it's unfortunate. But the simple he fact died in is, Maryland. I think he didn't die yeah, over in Iraq. No, but he alludes to it, and he has said it. Oh yeah, you know, but yeah. You know, Joe is, you know, he'll say anything to get a voter sympathy. Oh, I you know. know. And and that's what ticks me off. Yeah. Uh, well, there are so many things happening in the world. Uh, here's a story I guarantee you haven't heard. A major study backed by Oxford University has suggested that strict COVID lockdowns were no more effective at reducing infections than the Swedish-style softer approach, which allowed more personal freedom and recommended rather than mandated behaviors aimed at reducing the transmission of the virus. Which means that when Fauci was telling you to stay inside, don't leave your house, you know, uh, wear a mask wherever you go, Sweden was saying, well, go about your life, uh, be careful of who you talk to, keep your distance, you might want to wear a mask if you think it's appropriate. That's how Sweden approached it. And when you looked at the statistics at the end of all of this, they found that we didn't fare better than Sweden. Or Sweden, you know, they actually did pretty well. Sweden did pretty well, comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, you don't I find this. it odd, too. We got the numbers going up again. Oh, but there is a new vaccine out there. Oh, but there is studies showing that it doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm going like, well, what a coinkydink, you know? It coincides with an election coming up. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to have us uh, uh, start to worry about a pandemic just before the election, Bill? 
I think so. I think, you know, this is going to be the biggest travel season ever. I'm waiting for the travel industry to break down uh, over the weekend. Buttigieg is telling uh, telling the uh, right-wing uh, Republicans to not ruin Thanksgiving for us. Well, Joe, why don't you, um, I mean, uh, Pete, why don't you do your job and not ruin it for us? Because it seems that every disaster we've had, you didn't do anything to begin with, and that's what caused it. You know, speaking of uh, traveling, I, I got gas on uh, Saturday, a car, gas for my car. Yeah, I was, gonna say, yeah, I was gas, about to say sorry to hear that, I got gas for my car, regular gas, three ninety three <laughs> a gallon, three ninety three well, a gallon, right? Yeah, that's premium price. My daughter, she got regular gas up in uh, in Massachusetts in the Boston area. It was three oh eight. Why the discrepancy? Why the difference? Almost a almost a buck, you know. Well, yeah, you live in Pennsylvania like I do. Yeah, right. And there's a big gas tax in I'm the sure state. there is. <laughs> you know, holy smokes. Uh, well, you know, but, you know, you bring that up. I mean, oh, yeah, we got a million barrels of oil for the strategic yeah. reserve. You know, I mean, people don't realize how critical oil is here in that reserve, which Joe gave away uh, oh, pretty I know. much. And now he's trying to refill it because, you know, well, don't worry. We're going to get it back cheaper than what we spent it spent yeah. for it, which what that's never joke. happened. But I don't think he. I think he's just saying he's going to get it back because he wants to run us out of gas. I think that in reality, if what what we have coming in on a regular basis, if it stopped, we got like a day and a half, if only a couple of days. I think well, that that's the, how the left newspapers were touting uh, a million. 500,000 gallons or barrels of... It's of, nothing. Uh, uh, like it was a big deal going back into the oil reserve. And when when you look at how much we would need, we use a million five hundred thousand barrels in like five hours. Yeah, it, it, I was going to was was, look it up, but you're right. Yeah, it's ridiculous how quickly we would use that up if we needed to. And by the way, Bill, Getting oil from our enemies is not a smart move, but yet this administration is making uh, a thing out of it. You know. Now you know who uh, who rack, uh, who ramped up their oil production. Who Russia? Russia. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> they're not stupid. They're making they're making hay while the sun shines. Yeah, they're going. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. Yep. You know, and and uh, yeah, they're they're doing well with it, and I I find that just. I know. You know. In the meantime, all of our wells are capped because Joe thinks it's the right thing to do. Truly, if you would ask him why he did it, I don't. I don't think he would give you a, a smart answer. You well, know, how long would it take if we went to war and we needed that fuel? How long would it take six, us to uncap eight it? Months, six to eight months. If we well, were done, then yeah, yeah, uh, we, war, we'd never. Put a fork the war in would it. be over, and we've lost it. Yep. Put a fork in it. Just, you know Thank why? You, Joe. Well, That's you know, nice to know. You know why the Germans lost World War II? Fuel, oil. That's exactly yeah. right. We yeah. cut off their oil supply, their trucks, their tanks. None of that stuff could run without oil or gas, and we shut it all off. So, do you think the other side's looking at us saying, "Hey, they turned all their stuff off"? You know, uh, we can Whoa. win it now. Now, well, wait a minute now. You know, that means that's that's a preconceived plan. So, and Joe's the one turning off the uh, the spigot. 
Whose side is he on? Oh. I mean, at the at you're the, asking uh, the well, wrong guy here, pal. <laughs> because yeah. there were there there were the pictures the other day at that one meeting where Z sat there and, and summoned him. You know, Summoned him. Yeah. And they're like, "Come on over here! Come yeah. on over here, here. boy!" So he gets up out of his chair here, boy. and walks over there in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. it's like, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir." It was like he went, "Here, boy! Come on, boy! Come on!" <laughs> yeah, and that's Fluffy on dog. film. And this is our commander in chief, and he is bowing to China. You should take a good look at that, my Democrat friends. I don't care that you don't like Trump. I don't care that you don't like conservatism. You know, take a look at that. Are you going to say that, yeah, we want to sit there and bow down to China because give up what you got? Yeah. Well, you know, he he showed who was the boss, as Xi did, uh, at that uh, dinner. You know, when he, when he summoned Joe like a lapdog, I was thinking, could you imagine if Trump were there? You know, that would never have happened. to come over here. Or they would have at least stood up and walked to a middle ground, you know, if they, but they wouldn't. Well, be no, that would be the proper way to do it. Meet in the middle. Yes. Um, another thing happened that you have not heard anything about. Not that it's a terribly big thing, but it's something that made my eyebrows raise a bit. A large military aircraft, a Boeing P-8A oh, yeah. Poseidon. Crash shot the runway. Yeah, crash landed in uh, Kano. What's it? Kano Kano Bay in Hawaii. I guess that's how it's pronounced. Kaneo Bay in Hawaii. After overshooting the runway, the plane is often used for reconnaissance, uh, intelligence gathering, and hunting for submarines. All nine on board survived after swimming to shore, which is good. But uh, what it is essentially is a seven thirty seven. Uh, I think it's a 737-8, so it's a newer, mm. it's a new airplane. This is a, a relatively new design airplane, the uh, Boeing P-8A, and apparently this guy, uh, he landed, uh, maybe he landed long, as they would say, you know, he used up two of the, too much of the room. Not every pilot, folks, is a top gun. That's the problem. Some guys, you know, not so much, you know. I mean, you've seen it. You probably have been on an airplane when you come into an airport and it's a night, you think everything's going to be great and all of a sudden it's a bump when you land. It's because the guy misjudged the distance between the airplane and the runway. Uh, By the way, yeah. You know who pays for that, right? There's no insurance for it. We do. We do, but you know, yeah. I got a feeling. Seriously, I got a feeling they're going to take that airplane out of the water with a big crane. They're going to uh, hose it all down. Then they're going to tear it apart, send it back to Boeing. You know, tear it all apart. Now I don't know whether they can use a plane that's been in salt water. That's a, that's an interesting point. Maybe once salt has been introduced to anything, the whole thing is well. A total. All the electronics are going to be gone, and probably a lot of the avionics. I mean, it's a shell. Uh, I don't how know about, what the how salt... about the metal, the rivets and stuff like that. Does that uh, get well? Down? I would wonder if over time it would sit there. It, it compresses the time. I don't know yeah. how all that works. I know that they ought to give it a, a distinct number. You know, like a a car has an an you, R title. Would you like your Boeing P eight A with or without salt? <laughs> well, no. Okay. Look, you know, you go, you go buy a used car right. and you're going and you get a regular title. That means that car is okay. You know, I mean, it's, it's, right. it's had its normal life. You get an R title. I think that's the salvage title it means it was totaled, but somebody took it and reconstructed it. All right. 
that's okay, I think, for a car because it doesn't have wings and it doesn't fly. You don't have to worry about something breaking down midair. But would you sit there? I'm sure a plane has a title too. So would you sit there and go, oh, wait, this, uh, this aircraft, I'm looking here at the registration, it's an R title. Well, what happened to it? Oh, I don't know, but it's been gone over. Okay, so nothing's going to fail mid-flight. I, you know, I, I'd be uh, a little, I'd be a little concerned. Okay, I just, that's just me. Uh, but you know, whatever happens, either if they scrap it or if they repair it, it's going to cost the uh, taxpayer millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. That plane is not going to be rinsed off and uh, started up at the uh, airport. It's going to. I mean, the motors were in the water. The motors are yeah. Are, well, they're, they're done. done. <laughs> they put a fork in it. Uh, so that, I guess you could take them out and rebuild them, but. My point is, your you know, your point is that uh, does the salt water do something to it? Uh, I would imagine too. It's how quickly they get it out of the ocean. Yeah. Um. And you know, drain it, dry it, and then rinse and, it off and, with with fresh water. I would imagine. You gotta. Yeah, I'm sure there's a solvent you know, that you could spray it down with. I but, would also w- think that that pilot probably his chance for a promotion next time around has been been diminished a bit. <laughs> you know. Hey. Uh, Lieutenant, uh, next time, try using the brakes. Okay, I'm just saying. The, 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 Why not try and you know have the wheels touch down at the beginning of the runway? Yeah, so so not, you yeah. know, then landing midfield because yeah. you need so much real estate to stop the damn plane. Yes, well, you yeah. know, well, I got it now, sir. <laughs> you know, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you if you if you're gonna touch down too far to stop it, you know, pull up. <laughs> Full, full thrust, pull that baby up, you know. But I don't think he knew what he was doing. Oh, I don't think so either, you know. But anyway, he listened. Fortunately, all nine are okay. But we didn't see the story. I didn't see the story in the news uh, yesterday. Maybe it was there, but I missed it. Uh, we you know, had a plane go off into the water. And uh, at least it went off into the water in Hawaii where it's warm. At least it was nice water to go off into as opposed to like if it happened, let's say, in Nome. In, in the middle of winter. Well, think about this too. That that plane. Now, you know, you land. You don't have full tanks of fuel. You you're down right. to a minimum amount. Sure. But there's still fuel in it. There's still oil. There's still chemicals in that yeah. that plane. And they get into that water, that pristine water, and now it's leaked all over the well, place. They got to remediate that too. I I would imagine. Hey, yeah. buddy, would you believe we've done it again, the whole show? No. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, I, I just start. Well, you know, sometimes we don't even start recording until right around this time. <laughs> I, I know. What's amazing is is we just get warmed up sometimes, and then we look at the clock on the wall, and it's like, whoa. It, it, See, you got a clock in the wall. I, I hope to aspire one day to have a clock in the wall. But you do have nice backgrounds. I'm looking at my, my partner here, and he has these graphics behind him. They're all very impressive. Right now, right behind him, well, now he's got a, an eagle, but he, he's he's changing his background graphics on his on his video. Uh, you, it looks like, uh, oh, he's he's like a kid with a toy now, friends. He's going through these different slides. I can't describe what he's doing. Anyway, if you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. And there's mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbillatmail.com. And I don't think there's any other. No, there's not. There's no other, no, no other no, I, emails. I think uh, we've, we've covered all the uh, ways of communicating with us. Email, yeah. you got it all covered. Phone, we've yeah. got that covered too. 
Sure do. We don't have carrier pigeons, so uh, you know that, that doesn't, no. that doesn't work first. Well, the uh, pigeons are hiding because they don't want to be confused with a turkey. But I can tell. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but what I can tell you, it's time for you to say your signature clothes. Well, just like Tom Turkey would say right now in the coop, hasta la vista, baby. I'm out of here. Gobble, gobble. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs> 